Man, it feels like it's been a minute since I've heard that. It's it was last year. It was last year. It was last year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So That's a typical uh, dad joke for a new year. Yeah, we uh we're back. We we took <laughs> yeah. kind of a uh, a break there with no warning. No, we? we just stopped. Is we what just ha- stopped. is what happened. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. uh kind of giving some explanation to that one. I guess we need to give some explanation. Yeah. Uh we got swamped. Yeah. We absolutely got swamped. And one thing that happened in that is uh we we did pass 100 episodes. We did. We we passed a hundred episodes, and then shortly after that, um, I, we I think if if I'm not mistaken, we skipped over. We haven't done the hundredth episode. We haven't done the hundredth. We've done one hundred one, one hundred two, one hundred three, but we yeah. haven't done a hundred. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, one of the things that happened is I think we um, uh, ran out of content. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> yeah. But well, here's here's one thing I will say. Here's a request <clears throat> that I'll make. Um, let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Yeah. Like, we do need some help with some content generation. So, like, uh, shoot us a text. If you have our number, email us, uh, matt at richfork.com, justin at richfork.com. I think matt at doubleclickpodcast and justin at doubleclickpodcast still work, too. Like, yeah. you can hit us on any of those fronts. If you just, like, have a question, have a topic, uh, at this point we will take uh, theological, spiritual, struggle. Snacks. Snacks, you know. yeah, whatever. Uh, most of the commentary we get back is about snacks and movies yes. yes so on that note justin did you watch i'm up at christmas carol uh multiple times oh multiple times so we- i need <laughs> i need to tell you this before we before we dive in okay i watched it yeah now you're a fan it was way worse <laughs> than i thought it was gonna be like here's what happened so we watched the first part of it and number one how have you lived your whole life <sighs> or i guess since 1992 or 1993 and not seen a muppet christmas carol was it made in 93 yeah around there I think. okay so one i was 11 <clears throat> so i was i was kind of on that verge of done with muppets <laughs> to start with, um, is that the age? It's like thirteen. Th- thirteen, you're officially done I with Muppets. I would think, as a, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna date this as a male eleven year old in that time frame of history. Um, it was not socially acceptable <laughs> or desired personally to still watch Muppet Babies. We should. It wasn't Muppet Babies, which was an excellent cartoon, by the way. But can we just? Can I just? We would have. We should have been friends back then, because that was like probably like peak puppets, you know, for me. <laughs> <laughs> but can I say, um, the whole opening sequence up until Scrooge is like in his house, he's definitely being bullied. By a bunch of Muppets. Like, he legitimately is walking down the street, and everyone is singing about how horrible he is, how depressing his life is. Like, deep cuts, man. Like, deep cuts. They're throwing shots at him. And he is just walking <coughs> to work. That's all he's doing. He didn't do anything. You think he hears him? Well, does he talk to him the rest of the movie? <laughs> yeah. I guess he does. And then he gets into his place. And you, you know this. Like, you absolutely know this. He sits down at his desk. He's getting ready to work. And what happens? Everybody needs something. Like, the <laughs> dude can't even check his email. You're the email. only person dude can't even ever in the world to come to the, to come to the side of Ebenezer Scrooge and go, I don't really see a problem with him. No, up, there, there is the point where he's grumpy. Like, he's sitting in his office, and they're asking, like, can we, can we have more coal for the heater, da-da-da. At that point, he's being mean. Yeah. But to that point, <clears throat> if, if, if you woke up tomorrow morning, okay, you left your house... And on your way to work, 
there were just a bunch of people in your car singing about your deep personal issues, your self, your, your, your self-image issues, like just telling you everything you've done wrong, your entire way to work. You walk into your office, and then people keep coming in asking stuff for you. Sounds like a Tuesday. <laughs> You're not going to be a little grumpy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would be. Yeah. But that doesn't happen every day probably for him. You don't. But the he re- lives no. in Muppet land, bro. The reason why they're singing about his issues is because he's got issues. But then also, like, so within that opening scene, can I just point out? Oh, my gosh. There is substance abuse. There is kidnapping, if you consider a cabbage to be a person, which apparently <laughs> in Muppet world it is, right? Like, there's, mm. there, there's, there's just all kinds of just immoral activity happening left and right. Like, there's gluttony. Oh, my goodness, the pigs. Like, it just doesn't work. And then, and then we get into the movie, and let's just review. Like, my, my 11-year-old's sitting there, and she's like, why are we watching a movie about spirits? and ghost on Christmas. What does this have to do with Christmas? And it's just, I mean, it's just, it's absolute, I just can't, I can't do it. Well, you guys are 100% wrong, but that's fine. You, I mean, like, I get it, I get it. There's some type of nostalgia you have, and it's Michael. It's Michael Caine. He does a fantastic job. Oh, no, he's a the great The songs actor. are great. Yeah. Uh, the message. The songs are, well, yeah, the, I'm not a musical person. The songs, I can't speak to that. The songs are great. The message of it. Of a Christmas Carol, not just a Muppet, but a Christmas Carol is a fantastic message, and you can't go wrong with with Gonzo and Rizzo the Rat being Charles Dickens and his. I will say, I will say, Gonzo, Rizzo, and then the uh, heckling older guys are my yeah. favorite Muppets. Yeah, throw in a little bit of Animal and uh, Beaker, and I'm, I'm yeah, there. And with they're you. all there. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, they're, they're yeah. all there. Yeah, it's anyway. absolutely awesome. I'm sorry. So we're. Uh, Sorry, that was our, our Christmas. You've been holding that in since Christmas. <laughs> I've been holding that in since Christmas. <laughs> I'm like, I'm saving this till the podcast. And so anyway, yeah, we uh, we had a good Christmas. Uh, it got a little busy. But once again, if you have any... Uh, yeah, please, please any, reach out. you want us to talk about, just reach out to us. Yeah. Um, and we will do our best to articulate the evidence that we're not very smart individuals. But uh, <laughs> today, we uh, really wanted to dive into kind of a New Year's Eve topic. And we talked about this, I think, in one way last year. But uh, this was the phrase that, that our pastor used um, the other night. It was putting on, or putting off and putting on. Yeah. Um, and not Justin, pudding. Not pudding. Like, not pudding. No, no, no. <laughs> like, pudding? Great. Wonderful. Yeah. I can't even do that. <laughs> no, I'm, no, not, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. All right. So Justin's going to give us the verse, and then we'll talk through that a little bit. Yeah. So this is Ephesians 4. And uh, basically talking about what what does it look like uh, when we surrender to Christ and we uh, remove certain things in our lives and we put on the new life that we have in Christ. So we're getting rid of the old self, putting on the new self. And this is uh, Ephesians 4, uh, verses 30 through 32. This is coming out of God's Word translation, so it might be a little bit different uh, than what you're used to hearing. It says, don't give God's Holy Spirit any reason to be upset with you. He has put his seal on you for the day you will be set free from the world of sin. Get rid of your bitterness, hot tempers, anger, loud quarreling, cursing, and hatred. Be kind to each other, sympathetic, forgiving each other as God has forgiven you through Christ. Hmm. So I want to point out something really interesting here. As you were reading through that, there's a lot of commandment-esque actionables, right? Mm-hmm. Like God is telling you to not be this, be this. Mm-hmm. So there's a collision there that happens with a phrase that we say all the time, which is God is the only one that can change someone's heart. Mm-hmm. 
but I have noticed, and somebody pointed this out to me like like a few years ago, like there's a double there. Like there are places all throughout Scripture where God says He's going to change someone, or He's mm-hmm. going to change your heart, or give you a new heart. But there's also a responsibility within the individual, yeah. Which immediately puts traction to this idea of putting on your new self and putting away the old self, which is a battle we're constantly going with. And so for me, I'll look at that, and I instantly, like, when I start to get to the practical of it, I instantly go, like, so this is one of those abrasive, you-need-to-change ideas. And change is an abrasive thing. And so my question immediately comes to, like, how do you actually purpose to change? How do you become a new person? How do you put off a negative aspect and put on a positive aspect? Like, what does that actually look like? Yeah, well, I think earlier in that chapter in Ephesians, he talks about that, um, it says verse 20, but that is not what you would learn from Christ's teachings. Uh, You have certainly heard his message and have been taught his ways. The truth is in Jesus. Uh, You were taught to change the way you were living. So I think first, the first step into purposing to change is to know. You have to know the difference between the old self and the new self. You have to know a better way, the way of Christ, the truth, and 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 the life. And so if we don't if you don't know what you don't know. So I think the first step in, in purposing that is to to go, okay God, you you said that you were going to create a new life in me. What does that look like? And to dive in and to ask him to show you, to see what God's word says about that. And to understand by by seeing these things in this in the, at the end of this verse that we talked about of what does it look like to be kind, sympathetic, forgiving? Um, those are the things of Christ. So once we know those things and we're knowledgeable, we, first we have to start with that head knowledge. Then we can move into an actionable heart knowledge to go, okay, what does that look like in my life? And and to your point, the putting off and the putting on is not it, it does it's not a. Uh, putting the old things just fall away and the new things just appear. Like it's when you put something off and put something on, that's an action. You have to actually physically do that. When I take a jacket off, I'm, you know, taking it over my shoulders, taking it off my arms, hanging it up, putting on the new jacket. Like that that requires work for me or a garment of clothing. That's what kind of comes to my mind uh, as a picture in my mind. But it it takes us doing work. Um, it doesn't it doesn't just happen. And and another passage of Scripture that's been really instrumental to me uh, at the end of the year and going into this year, uh, I believe it's James 4.8, uh, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Kind of the same thing. Hey, take off all the double-mindedness, purify your heart. But at the beginning of that, the draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That drawing near to God is is holy sweat. It takes work. It takes action on our part. Um, and again, I don't think that action happens until we, like you said, purpose in our heart, and we don't purpose in our heart until we understand who God is, who we are, and the need to, to be different. Well, the desire has to be there. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that one's interesting, because I think on the pastoral experience side. I don't know how to do this. Like a lot of situations you're talking about somebody who has like a super negative habit. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the first things that I've, that I've always done, I can't remember if somebody like this was taught through counseling or whatever was identify if somebody wants to change. Like, like, right. and, and if, if they actually don't, and I mean, that's kind of the thing of like a lot of times you'll counsel somebody and the reason you're counseling them is because they got caught, not yeah. because yeah. 
they came to you and be like, hey, I have a problem. Right. It was, they got busted. And so you're sitting there having that conversation with them, and one of the first things is, and that can be a catalyst. I mean, that can be an awakener is when you get caught. But it, sometimes you're sitting there having that conversation, somebody just doesn't want to change. Yeah, an awareness of our brokenness yep. is, a like you said, a great catalyst to to making change in our lives. And, you know, going through some counseling classes and, and learning a lot this past year, um, now, again, this is this is biblical counseling. This is which we would say is is the right and only way to to walk through these things is through, you know, God's perspective and the perspective of His Word and what His Word tells us. But I learned that, you know, one of the first steps to when when you're sitting down with someone and you're counseling them or, or discipling or talking to them is, you need to find out if they're a believer because if they're not a believer, a lot of this stuff won't make sense, right? It, 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 if God's not done a work in their hearts then that's really step one. In order yeah. to change, he has to come in and reveal himself to this individual, to this person. And then once that step is taken, now now we can put off the old man, right? Because now God's given us the revelation of him and his love and mercy. And so now we have something new to put on in its stead and in its place. But we can't shed the old until we understand what's the new. Yeah, and I think, like I'm processing through this, like so if I'm 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 – and this is the hardest thing to do is assess yourself, right? Mm -hmm. The hardest thing is to really understand what your motives are behind what's going on. And so I think for a lot of us, when we hit a change awareness, I think we have that. Like I think most people innately know if they have an unhealthy habit, if it's eating, if it's an attitude, whatever. Most people, believer or not, there's something in them that identifies it. Yeah. Like they feel the friction of it. Yeah. But I think what gets really hard is, okay, you identify the friction of it, and you go, yeah, I need to change, and it's that cliche identification. Yeah. But at the same time, I think there's this difficult part to understand the why behind it within yourself. Yeah. Like, like what what are you looking for? So, I mean, simple one, if it's, if it's overeating, right? Like, what is it that you are trying to satisfy right. because it's not just hunger. I mean, like overeating is a like eat till you're miserable type thing, right? right? Yeah, you, uh, you purpose to just eat less yeah, cheese. We're and we're we're Baptist, we we get this, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um so um and so I think that's what the initial pause has to be. Like I think prayerfully sitting down and going like, okay, if it's sin, if it's um unhealthy habit, whatever it is. And and the other thing I think to identify very quickly is especially when it's sinful, which I mean, most of what we're talking about, if you're going to put off old, put on new, we're talking about a sinful yeah. activity. The lie behind it is in the momentary, it pretends to give you what you desire. Yeah. Whether it's it's power, it's control, it's a release, it's a feeling, whatever. It's going to give you that temporarily, but on the other side of it, it's going to create a worse void. Yeah. Like it's going to deepen the problem you're trying to get away from. And that's, that's the equation of sin. You know, and like I'm use sexual sin for example that one is an intimacy issue mm -hmm. but sexual sin creates more distance more inability to experience intimacy right right and so so with that what you end up having is this cheapened desire you're trying to get that happens momentarily but then at the end of it it creates more bigger issues. gap yeah. you know and so i think one of those is identifying like and it depends on what it is it really does is identifying like okay if this is the sin I'm struggling with that I need to change, or this is the habit that I need to break, what am I actually craving? Right. Because most of the time the action 
isn't the total picture, yeah. right? And so yeah. if you can identify that, yeah. then you can start to instead of, because I think one of the things we do really horribly with ourselves and within communication with other people is we see a negative thing and our response is stop. Right, right. But I want to back up a couple verses in Ephesians. Go okay, so let's read a couple verses before this. Okay, so verse chapter book 4, verse 28 says, Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Verse 29, Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So I want to point out two issues that are being dealt with in that verse. One, you have somebody who steals. And the other one, you have somebody that talks trash. (laughs) Okay? What is the, when you read those verses, what is he telling the person who steals to do? Don't use your hands to take other people's stuff. But instead, he he, he almost, he doesn't just say stop, he says do. Yeah. Build with those. Use your hands in this way. Don't use your mouth to talked corruptly, use it to build each other up. And so in both of those instances, it's not just a stop. It's a, hey, this action is not going to fulfill what you want. This action is. So it's a shift of doing. Mm -hmm. And when all of a sudden it becomes a, hey, start doing this, which leaves no desire or time for that. And I really think what it breaks down to is... Um, lots of different verbiages within this. At some point, you've got to take the leap. Yeah. Like you have, because I mean, like habits are a real thing. Like you can get into a negative, sinful habit that feels so very trapped. Yeah. Like let's step aside from like chemical based addictions for a minute. Like you can get into a habit within your own brain mm-hmm. and actions that makes you feel like you can't stop. Like, like for me, like honestly, one of mine is like uh, the nine thirty before bed fourth meal. Like, you know, like I will <laughs> yeah. do fifteen hundred calories right there yeah. in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I have literally had to spend time going like, nope, that's not because every time it's the same equation. Feel miserable, yeah. can't get to sleep, da 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 da. And so now that I'm old and God has gifted me with heartburn, it's almost <laughs> yeah. a non-option, right? <laughs> right. Um, I think what you said is so spot on, man. Because too often we we go towards, hey, I got to stop this or don't yep. do this or the put off, the put off, the put off. But we never replace that with anything. And so eventually we get tired of the the putting off or the stopping or, man, I've been dealing with this for years. I have tried to stop. I know in three more days it'll come back. And so we're already yep. defeated before we started. And I think that's the reason why, why we get this example and what you said of it's no longer, you know, if if I if I if I put on a shoe I can't put on another shoe right so like meaning if we put on the right thing we've got now now we've got something to do now we, now we're covered now we've got this we we it's no longer just you know I took this off or I put this this thing off now what you yeah. know it's it's the next step in that equation and I think too often we focus on the I'm going to stop this sin or I'm going to I'm going to change the way I behave but you asked earlier, what is the motivation? What is the catalyst for that? How does that happen? And I think in my own life, I have found that going back to that James verse, the draw near to God and he will draw near to you. As I draw near to him, my love and desire for Christ will soon be the what I put on and I'll put off the sins and I'll put off the, the quarreling yeah. or I'll put off the, the cursing or the bitterness or whatever because 
I'm no longer desiring those things and that kind of sat- that need to satisfy. Yep. I'm putting on Christ's love. If that if, does that make sense? Yeah, like it does. like I'm starting yep. to chase that and falling more in love with Jesus, and that does the change. If I don't do the falling in love with Jesus part, and I just try to do the putting off part and the changing part. I will fail every single time. Well, it's only when I fall more in love with him that I have the motivation and strength to go, that's what I would rather have other than the other thing. Yes, and let me, let, me, let me clarify a way that works we already understand. So the infatuation stage of a new relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So like you and your wife first started dating. Mm-hmm. What did you organize your entire world around effortlessly? Yeah, her. Yep. Right? Yep. Like, like it was nothing, right? Yep. And... When you do that, like like we all understand that infatuation phase, yeah. right? Like we understand that like all of a sudden our schedules are out the window, our friends are out the window, our activities are like it's done. Like we only care about this. Same kind of equation. And when it comes to God or any relationship, if you're going to keep that level of desired love, is the way I'll say it, it takes time. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of a lot of a lot of things we're really bad at as believers is we want to look at the world around us, we want to look at our families and our loved ones, and we want to let them know what they need to stop doing. And it becomes a lot of times even evangelistically, like we're more concerned with somebody stopping this one particular sin than right. we are about them knowing God. Right. Exactly. And it's gotta start the other way around. Because yeah. until you fall in love with God, yep. then his values don't make sense. Right. And I was almost thinking about it like this. Like, think about evangelistically. A lot of times we will take someone who does not know God mm-hmm. at all, who has found a way to survive this world without knowing God through experiences or activities or whatever that that, that would be destructive. Mm-hmm. And we as believers, what we want to do is we want to go knock their legs out from under them by taking away those activities. Yep. And we want to say, hey, this whole thing you've based your life on, you need to stop. And then you can know God. That doesn't work at all. That is not how it works. Other side of the coin, come learn who God is, and I'm going to let you and him work this out. Well, I think that's why we we hear in churches often, you know, come as you are. Yes. Right? Because, again, we're not condoning or or promoting, hey, keep living in sin until you know God. That's, That's not what we're saying. But I think coming as you are, you know, not knocking the legs out of somebody going, hey, you need to understand who God is and fall in love with him. And I think it's inevitable and just natural for people to go, wow, that's who God is. This is what it means to love him. This is I, I, now I have a desire to shed the old self, to put off the old self. And let me put on everything that is new and that I've found in, in Christ. Yeah. yeah. And so I think when it comes to us, we're getting to a basic application. Um. Really, it's going to start with, when it comes to spiritual type aspects, it's going to start with that same thing we say over and over again. It's going to start with the basics. It's going to start with you valuing regular church attendance, spending time with God and His people. It's going to start with you spending time with God. I'm going to say this, even though like the, the math is not always, but, but daily with Him. Like mm-hmm. focusing on your relationship with Him, learning how to walk with Him. And if you get that in place then all of a sudden the rest of the dominoes, it becomes much easier for those to fall. Mm-hmm. It absolutely does. And and I, I will also say this. You're out there, you're struggling with something. You're going, hey, yeah, I've done that. I spend time with God in the morning. I fail every evening, and then I just can't face God the next day. You need to get that pattern out of the way, and mm-hmm. the way you do that is by stop 
thinking because you failed, you can't immediately turn around and come right. to God and experience forgiveness. Right. And so anyway, we hope that this encouraged you. Uh, welcome to the new year. Happy new year. Yes. Um, we will uh, continue uh, at the moment to produce these. <laughs> we would love some ideas, love some things for you to give us to talk through. Um, I'm not going to promise they're going to be every week. We might move to it every other week um, yeah. just as uh, the busyness of non-COVID life yeah. really begins to sink yeah. in. And but, seriously, yeah. we, we want to hear from you guys. Yep. I know in previous podcasts we've talked about, hey, email us, reach out. And we have some great folks around the church that that have given us some ideas and things. But but if you want the, the content to continue, and we have a desire for this to continue, but we really do need you guys to come alongside and, and help us know what you you need to hear, want to hear what what works, what doesn't. Um, yeah. we, we like to talk, but and, we just need to know what to talk about. And also, like, if y'all ask a question or bring up a topic that, like, we've been too scared to talk about, if you bring it up, we can blame Absolutely. the quote-unquote listener. We won't mention you by name. Yeah. We'll be like, hey, somebody wrote in, and we got to talk about this. Yeah. So, yeah, that'd be a... That'd create a lot of awkwardness for me and Justin. It'd be wonderful. Perfect. Yes. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we will see you in the next week or two. Maybe. Or three. Maybe. Maybe.